1: What's up, you guys? Uh, hello, Fightful Faithful. Uh, welcome to the AEW Post Show. Uh, Sean was at the show tonight in Toronto. Um, so he entrusted it to me, which is a horrible, grievous error on his part. And uh, he saddled me with a first-time co-host. So I don't even know if we're going to have any kind of chemistry at all. Who knows? But apparently this guy's like a respected journalist of some kind. So I'm way out of my element uh john alba is here everybody say hello to john alba john alba say hello to the people
2: listen i have deep respect for your ability to shit on just about anything (laughs) deep respect genuinely so uh the commitment to the bit is really impressive so i'm excited to chat with you here we're gonna have some fun talking about a a show that i thought was largely pretty good there were definitely some things i would have changed about this show but Mm -hmm. uh let's let's Go to the Great White North and pop yeah. some dynamite, man.
1: Yeah. So uh, first things first, um, uh, as uh, a Joey Bag of Donuts sends in a Humper Chat, you can do so at humperchats.com. You can also go down to the bottom of a little YouTube chat, click, clicky, clicky, and do a super chat. Um, and Humper Chats are our preferred remember, a method of doing this because we get a little sweeter piece of the pie. But... Uh, you can either do both and you could have your question or statement read on the air, just like Joey Bag of Donuts, who says that Toronto crowd was hot. It's almost like a it's a good thing to not run shows in the same city 70 times a year. <laughs> yeah, um, I think there's got to be a happy medium between, I think at last, last count, it was uh, in the upper 60s, 68 shows this year in Chicago. So a happy medium between that and zero times in three years. There's got to be, like, just, hey, you know, every so often, every year, every 14 months, just come back around. The crowd will be hot for it again. And I think maybe that's a good It's a good rule of thumb. What do you think?
2: Yeah, it certainly is. But at the same time, we do have to give the benefit of the doubt in the sense that the outlier is they couldn't go to Toronto. Oh, I know. Because of know. COVID. So, plus. Not Toronto is-
1: specifically, Just I I understand. Place they've never been before. It's a white hot crowd, and I think we should do that more often.
2: For sure, I I totally agree with that. But also, I do understand the merit in knowing that if you're going to a market that's going to guarantee you a sellout or or do a good gate, there is certainly merit to that, especially when you're a company that. We always jump the gun on AEW, and this is not me making excuses, but we we jump the gun and tend to forget that it is a three-year-old company. So with that in the equation, I do understand the hesitance to, oh, we're going to tour out to here and to Bemidji, Minnesota, and to all that before we actually get our base Mm set. Yeah, it's good.
1: Nerd Guru says this is Alba's Sour Graps.
2: We're we're here. We're ready to do it. I'd like to try to be a little positive. But if something's bad, I'm going to let you know that's that, that you know what that's
1: that's my uh philosophy the problem is is that by the way i see it it's bad more often than not <laughs> um so uh what's not here's here's something we can we can agree is good renee pocket good for her as reported by Fightful select renee pocket uh brought into AEW i think it's a perfect thing you know because john moxley her husband is the champion even if he wasn't a champion he's Part of the fold there for forever, uh, sign that really long term deal. Um, so it, it makes sense uh, to be there and be part of things uh, to to bring uh, all of her effervescence and experience and everything. To AW, it's only a boon for them. Uh, this is this is great, and I'm 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 happy for her. And she was obviously very overwhelmed and very happy to get the response that she got from the Toronto crowd. She's also a, a, a Canada girl. So they, they, they were showing the extra love for her. And, um, and that, that was really great. I, I, I really thought just that, cause she's got that contagious smile anyway. And this one felt just like she was being overwhelmed and I loved it. I thought it was
2: great. Very much so. I will say this though. I would like to see them use Renee in a way that is beyond the traditional backstage interviewer. Me too. I, I did not love the segment tonight where she's trying to get a word and wrestlers come in and ambush because I think Renee should be used in a way where her talents are really put on full display. And what do I mean by that? I think we would agree. She's one of the best interviewers in all professional wrestling. Yeah. So. Maybe find ways to incorporate great storytelling and character building segments. Like, remember what Jim Ross used to do with like McFoley and Triple H? Mm -hmm. Those are ways where you could use Renee Paquette to build great characters and great stories and layer things utilizing her strength. So, I would like to see a lot more of that once we get her integrated into the fold more. Right. I agree. Alyssa Leggett uh, became a FIFA YouTube member. You
1: can become a FIFA YouTube member as well and get all kinds of little bonuses and things out of that. Uh, And there'll be more bonuses coming down the pike. Uh, Sean has promised that, and he's a man of his word. So we don't have to worry about that. That's definitely happening pretty soon. Um, So she, her first order of business in the AW career of uh, Renee Paquette is to interview Christian Cage, uh, Toronto's own. Um, And he ingratiates himself to the crowd by (laughs) crapping all over the Maple Leafs. Which is perfect. Um, and uh, but he's there just to kind of basically introduce the fact that they're doing going to go ahead and start with uh, Jungle Boy and um, and Luchasaurus in their grudge match. And uh, Christian was on commentary. I thought this little interview was fine. It was good. You know, a mm-hmm. little, little thing to get everything started. And uh, the Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus match was uh, better than I was expecting. Uh, uh, these two obviously have a crazy amount of chemistry. They know where each other is going to be at any one time. They have their rhythms down, uh, which is what happens when you tag with somebody for a long time. But that's oftentimes why a long-term tag team, when they break up and start feuding, those matches are usually great because they have all of that just in their bones of where knowing where the, the other guy's going to be, and I thought Luchasaurus is probably his best match I think I've ever seen. Um, and General Boy did did great at, at making the big man look fantastic, but uh, he Luchasaurus took some bumps, yeah, man, took some bumps. Um, I loved him sh- uh, selling the right shoulder, uh, so that he had to do the choke slam with the left shoulder, which wasn't as strong. Uh, I, I, the, the, I, I did see some quibbling <laughs> online about. Is this a no-DQ match? Or is it? Is it legal to put a guy through a table in a regular <laughs> Christian was match?
2: screaming it should have been a DQ when he did it. I mean, well, <laughs> he might have been a biased
1: <laughs> bystander. But uh, I, I do think that uh, that maybe that was interesting. But it was the only thing that they did that was like – odd and kind of out of the norm of a regular match, so maybe they were thinking referee's discretion. There's a lot of referee's discretion. Oh, it was a Rick Knox match. BW. It was yeah, a Rick Knox
2: go. match, if I'm not mistaken, so that, that that's, probably that's explains right. a lot on referee discretion, but uh, you're totally right about the selling of the shoulder. There was a great little detail at the end of the match when Christian went to raise Luchasaurus' mm-hmm. arm. He realized he couldn't use his arm that was in the sling, so he went to the other arm, but the other arm was the one that Luchasaurus was selling. So Luchasaurus like, puts his arm up and he's just like right back down with it. I thought that was a small little detail that was really well done it was yeah. a david versus goliath match and when you do yeah. a david versus goliath match the most important thing is you have a baby face that knows how to sell and elicit emotion from a crowd and i don't think aw has a better person than that maybe other than orange cassidy than jungle boy jack perry which i think jim ross deserves a lot of credit for because that seems to be the mantra going forward here and i think he had the foresight to realize that Mm -hmm. hey at some point this guy's going to be a jungle man and not a jungle boy so yeah i thought the presentation of this was great christian being used for the heat at the beginning was good and eventually when you get that match there's got to be a lot of heat given Mm -hmm. into it this was the first encounter between these two guys it's okay to give jungle boy the loss now But from this point on, I want to see a pissed off, angry Jungle Boy that starts winning matches.
1: Well, I I think the thing of it is, is that they don't really know what their what their timeline is for this, because the the feud only ends when Jungle Boy beats Christian and Christian is obviously injured right now. He's in a sling. Who knows when that's going to be? So you extend you artificially extend the feud by having Luchasaurus Mm -hmm. beat Jungle Boy. And uh, by the way, spoiler alert uh uh jungle boy uh lost um when christian uh got involved and then jungle boy because he's a baby face and therefore stupid took his eye off the ball eye off the dinosaur and uh it was, was jawing at, at christian and then got choke slammed off the top rope and uh the uh the cutthroat that, that awesome reverse uh death valley driver with a hooked arm um but there was an earlier uh spot i can't remember what it was specifically was it the poison rana where everybody in that arena thought yeah, well, that yeah, jungle boy yeah. was winning mm-hmm, that yep. match and just and having a luchasaurus kick out like a lot of people were like not now now you lost me and i i i get it because like i mean we haven't seen luchasaurus Protected in that kind of way, mm-hmm. so him kicking out of those kinds of big moves over and over again was a su- surprise to people. But I think this is the beginning of them actually treating Luchasaurus as a real big man. Yeah, muscle.
2: if he's a reputable big man, then you have to do that kind of stuff. But I do want to say something to your point where you said he's a stupid baby face for taking his eyes off the prize earlier in the match. When he took his eyes off Luchasaurus, when he was, he started the match with a lot of shine, he took his eyes off Luchasaurus to mock Christian. Christian said, didn't you learn from me never take your eyes off the prize or something of mm-hmm. that nature? So the story was told where he did take his eyes off it and it came back. So I understand uh, it's a stupid baby face, but if you're layering that storytelling, I think this is one of those situations where you can pay that off down the line. Now, will they pay that off? I don't know, but I do think there's an opportunity to do something like that. I, I, I do too. Um,
1: but as I said, this was move, This match surprised me. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I think I think it's a cinch. We're going to get another one of these, and I think yes. it's
2: also going to be very good. And I would imagine um, there's some sort of stipulation or something attached to that to help Jungle exactly. Boy have some leverage in taking yeah. the big man down. Cage match, something, something. along
1: yeah. those lines. And give, and that's um,
2: the thing when you have a feud like this where you're trying to extend it, kind of, as you said, you have to pepper it in with moments, right? Moments are going to be what stick and resonate with Jungle Boy, ultimately. So uh, you have to provide those in stipulation matches or anything like that to extend the feud will help do so. Agreed.
1: Uh, we got a backstage... Hold on. Uh, (laughs) Meet Norma Singh. I think it was a missed opportunity to not have any Toronto Raptors involved in the opener.
2: Well, they weren't at uh, the... Air Canada Center, which I don't think it's called that anymore. No. But that's WWE's pretty much got a stranglehold on that arena at this yeah. point. So that, that might yeah. have been why they didn't have
1: that. I'm not really sure exactly what that was. I know that, that when they were in Milwaukee, they had uh, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and his brother, Yes. uh come out uh for Rampage, but that wasn't at their the Bucks arena, it was a different arena in no. town. But but that's yeah, just because Giannis it's, is
2: a mark, right? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't Giannis right. love wrestling, he's,
1: so yeah,
2: he's a, he's a huge mark. Yeah.
1: Um uh but we saw a backstage um uh segment where uh Ethan Page and uh uh Stokely Hathaway bought the um the the con- contracts. I mean, well. You're not allowed to do that," says Matt Matt Hardy. Well, how about this then?" says Ethan Page. Because Matt Hardy's like, "Why don't you and I have a match tonight?" And Ethan Page's like, "I'd love to." But instead, how about I have a match against Isaiah Cassidy on Friday? And uh, and here's the deal: if if he beats me, then you, you're, we're free and clear. You, they, they're yours, you know, whatever. But um, if I beat him, then your contract is part of the firm, and I. The, this is the thing: is that there's 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 a happy medium again somewhere between what uh, WWE does, where there are no managers, and what AEW does, which is managers literally own the contracts of their people, so they don't actually not actually contracted to AEW; they're contracted to managers who give them the things. But I I I, I would like to have like a spreadsheet that shows me all the contracted managers and everybody who's contracted to them, so I just kind of know. Who's who's pulling the strings behind behind the uh, behind the deal? That's all I'm saying.
2: There there is a lot of brouhaha in that regard, and I don't shy away from factions. I think factions can be interesting, mm-hmm. and and I do like the idea that the firm has these layers where some weeks the firm looks like this, and other weeks it looks like this because you never really know who's going to be a part of it, and. <laughs> You know, I I think, obviously, I'm a little biased. That's no surprise to anybody I have ties to Matt Hardy here. But um, I kind of like the idea of Matt and Private Party as a trio. It's something a little different than the other trios that AEW currently has. And you need those different flavors of ice cream, right? So wherever yeah. they ultimately go with this, if they end up going with the firm for a little bit, if they win back the contracts or they don't have to go with the firm, uh, I, I do think that the package of them is a good one together. And I'm curious because it seems like this is heading to Ethan Page and Matt at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. They're both very similar wrestling minds. So I'm, I'm kind yeah. of hoping for a good match out of them at some point. But yes, it was pretty funny when Ethan was like, I'll fight you. But how about we fight Friday instead? And <laughs> I fight Isaiah. <laughs> Oh, that, was, that was very good. That um, was good stuff. Uh,
1: so we got a we got a little mini promo here from Qt Marshall in the factory. They are going to be the sacrificial lambs to war Joe, um, which I always thought was, was spelled ward joe because there's a, there's a D in the Ward Ward low. Right. I didn't think it was War Ward Low. I thought it was Ward. Low, so Wardlow, that's that's okay. what whatever. I love, here's the thing. I here I I'm allowed to feel two ways about something. Yes, you can. I love Samoa Joe and Wardlow together. I think mm-hmm. they're great. I love the idea of this young guy getting all of that awesome uh, it, uh, advice and rub from the veteran Samoa Joe. I think it's perfect. Agreed. And at the same time. They're each singles champions, and I kind of want them to be defending their singles titles. Otherwise, there's no reason for them to have the titles. You could put those titles on other people who will defend them and have Warjo as a tag team and have them go after the acclaimed.
2: For sure. And right now, you could accomplish the same story that they're doing with Brian Cage and, and his group without right. either of those titles involved. Right. It, yeah. it, it doesn't really... Further that story, especially after Brian Cage already lost the match last week, so I'm totally with you on that. Do you like the inclusion of all of these entities together? FTR, the FTR pop is a thing now. Like that is oh, a wrestling yeah. term. It is a thing. Mm-hmm. We're making it happen right here on Fightful. But do you like the inclusion of all of these entities together? I, I will say that
1: this is not the um, the way I thought it was going to go uh, because. We, after this match, they it just destroys them. They they it was a really fun thing, but it was basically a squash match. But it was obviously an exhibition to let um, Samoa Joe do the walk away spot, which we never see nearly off nearly off enough. Yeah. Um, and War, War, War Joe wins with uh, a, a, a giant Swanton bomb into the Coquina clutch, um, and then they were gonna do all their power bomb stuff as like extracurricular activities after the match. Uh, but uh, we get Brian Cage and Prince Nana coming out with uh, Gates of Agony. And Prince Nana obviously doesn't wrestle. So it's just three on the bad guy's side. And we get FTR coming out to a huge pop, as you said. And um, obviously, you guys want a match. And I was like, um, and I thought I was like, and I'm not going to make us go four on three. That wouldn't be fair. So why don't you find a fourth guy and we'll have a match on Friday? And I'm still waiting for the bad guys to get a fourth (laughs) dude so we can have that four-on-four because it seems like they've been teasing that for a while. Mm -hmm. And instead of that, they say, I couldn't possibly make these two guys work on Friday as well. So um, (laughs) why don't the three of you face us at a partner? And like, who is the person we could get? Uh, What time does Rampage start? 10? 10. We're in Ontario. And out comes uh, Sean Spears. A a it's a
2: repackaged Sean a Spears.
1: Repackaged Sean Spears. Mm-hmm. He's no longer the chairman. He his his new profile pic just says ten. Um, he's back on doing something like the old Ty Dillinger gimmick, um, but he's in Ontario. That guy was only going to be a babyface. Um, he's uh, and he came out the face tunnel too, and he uh, came out. Um, and uh, he, was, he was brought out, th- out there by FTR. And he was in the ring, and the director didn't get this. You could see it from a very far away shot. But there, there was a moment that they knew they had to have Sean Spears and Wardlow. And they did it, but the, the director didn't capture it for the, for the TV cameras. They, he got in the ring, and Wardlow was there, and they stared each other down for a full five seconds, which is a long time in, in, in that particular time. Sure. And there was like, so what are we going to do about this? And then um, they shook hands and hugged, and I think that there is something to be said for.
2: I know where the you're pinnacle going with this. Yep. was
1: always a bunch of bu- a bunch of good guys. Yep. They were just aligned with MJF. Yep. Like, and they they've always been friends. And MJF. He, he was the is, evil.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He was the evil guy. He was the yep. guy who was pulling the strings. And I would argue that Chris Jericho was the bad guy all along. Even when the Inner Circle was faced, they were a bunch of a-holes. So the pinnacle was right. It was just MJF who had, was right for all the wrong reasons in the feud with Inner Circle. Now MJF, the last time I remember ever seeing Sean Spears, he was getting beaten up by Wardlow as a proxy for MJF, which backstage, you, would, you could assume there was a moment where Sean Spears was like, I'm done taking power bombs for you. I'm out. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And MJF said, fine, go, I don't need you. And that broke them apart because MJF lost to Wardlow and then he went away for three months. And when he comes back, Sean Spears is part of his entourage. He could have been, Sean Spears could have been one of the guys in the firm, but he wasn't. So MJF effectively abandoned Sean Spears. And so Sean Spears is a free agent. And if FTR says, listen, We've been talking, and we realize MJF was the wrong guy for, to fo- for us to follow. What do you say? You want to come back into the fold? Let's reform the pinnacle. You, me, and Warge, and let's go out there and kick some ass. And I think that Sean Spears would do that, honestly.
2: Now, everything you just said was really well laid out, and here's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want a promo explaining exactly me just You too. That. I do too. I, I want it. That's And because they did a tremendous job tonight with MJF explaining that there are many layers to him and he has these different sides to him. And when he looks in the mirror, he's not really sure what he sees. So combining that with everything you just laid out, that's really effective character building, which I think is something that sometimes AEW does to like the most minute detail. And then at other times completely overlooks. So if you can find that happy medium, get something like that on TV, let us see that explanation I'm totally with you because then you have a unit and that gives a guy like Wardlow, something really to bite into as well, where he can be the James Bond of that group. And he's your leader of all that. With that said, if eventually this were to lead to say a Samoa Joe heel turn and you get Joe, the big bad veteran working with Wardlow, Mm -hmm. having to overcome him. I think that's a great story too, to be told. So
1: I, I, I desperately would like all of that to be said on television, like all something like that, because, but I think to me, Especially if the director had just caught that moment in like a semi close up, it's effective. But I, you, because I was watching the ring, I never took my eyes off the screen because I was like, you better do something here. Because the last time we saw these two guys together, Wardlow was trying to kill Sean Spears. So, what's going on? And they had that moment where Sean Spears and Wardlow locked eyes, and there was a thing, are we gonna have to fight now? And it's like, no, because we're because honestly, they were friends. Until MJF said, Sean, you're not allowed to be friends with Wardlow yep. anymore. And he, he had to do whatever MJF said. So there's a moment there that they could have communicated more. I just, here's the thing. As, as a stage actor for a long time, especially in Shakespeare, there's a lot of unspoken, no lines to actually, where, where people just like in the old history plays Well, they'll switch allegiances on the fly, in between scenes, and then you as the actors and the director have to come together and figure out how, with no lines, how to communicate, oh, we used to be enemies, but now we're friends. And I saw these two Mm -hmm. performers trying to figure out how to do that, and I I respected it. So
2: Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think that, and that's a great job by you picking up on that as well. I I really, though, you can't assume that everyone in the audience is picking up on stuff like that, which is why... Give me 30 seconds of that explanation next yeah, I week. Want too. I want it That's all you too. need, 30 seconds.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, and,
2: yeah, easy. shytown Spurs says, does Joe
1: eventually lead to a match between the two unifying the ROH-TV and the TNT titles? After all, they're both TV titles. I mean, it all depends on where we're going with an ROH-TV yeah. contract. Like, yeah. it, it's this point, they have so many belts.
2: Certainly could get not- a match between them. I just don't know about Definitely. unifying
1: the titles. Definitely. Um. Uh, Jam Beard says FTR have always been friends with both guys. That's a very important point. Mm-hmm. They are probably the mediators of it. Where Wardlow trusts FTR, so he trusts their judgment. That is that is an easy backstage thing. Yep. Where Dax Harwood takes lead on the promo 100%. and says, "I know I I love both of these guys like I love my own brother, and I know they've had differences. So we all sat down over some tequila, and we came out to an understanding that." Once in the pinnacle, without MJF,
2: always, always the in the pinnacle. Yep,
1: 100%. And, and Dax could sell that in 20 seconds, and we'd all accept it. So just do that. Do
2: and that. And it really does go a long way. It can't be understated or overstated, for that matter, because I think the best thing in pro wrestling, Alex, is when you reward your fans for paying attention. So... By doing something like that, you are rewarding your fans and saying, hey, it was worth investing that year and a half plus that you saw the pinnacle together. So now you're going to get a payoff from that and you're going to see them uh, rebranded in sorts. And by having them together, I know you were saying, oh, everyone's got a faction. There's a lot of managers, blah, blah, blah. But it's an easy to digest unit that can be effectively put on television in multitudes Mm -hmm. of roles.
1: Yeah, Agreed. Uh, we got our Swerve Strickland and Billy Gunn match. Uh, we oh. got a we got a wonderful rap here by uh, <laughs> uh, by uh, Max Castor. I uh, thought it was some good stuff. Yes. Um, and uh, and then we got our uh, Billy Gunn who was strutting around, doing a striptease, um, d- doing a lot of fun stuff. Um, and uh, and I'll, here's the, here's here's the real reason why even if AEW and WWE both said yes. There's no way you could have Billy Gunn on that reunion on Monday night, because he would have made them look so bad by comparison. That man is chiseled out of granite. What a what a modern marvel of modern can we say medicine?
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer.
1: And, and and I thought it was great to see Billy Gunn going out there and doing some playing some of the hits.
2: I don't know if you've heard Alex, but that's the best pure athlete in the World Wrestling Federation, yeah, Billy Gunn, yes. right there. Uh, yeah. Now listen, I thought what Billy did here was work a very smart match. He worked to all of his strengths. You mentioned he played the greatest hits, which he certainly did. But he utilized his physique. He paced himself out on this. I thought the storytelling they did with Swerve. Uh, constantly targeting his limbs and his legs specifically, mm-hmm. I thought was really effective, easy babyface versus heel storytelling. I thought Swerve was incredible in this match. I think Swerve has just about every piece you could possibly want and somebody that can be a major player on your television show. Uh, did not love the finish of this just because it was yeah. a little clunky. And yeah. maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe they're going for clunky, maybe. but... Maybe. but And the way that the acclaimed kind of looked at Swerve tells me that that might be the end of all this storytelling here, as we move on to this Sterling stuff, which I'm sure you're going to get into momentarily. But uh, I thought Swerve was really incredible in this and I'm excited to see what's next for him and Keith Lee specifically.
1: Yes. Yeah. It it is interesting. Um, We're not really, I'm not really sure where this is. If this is the, the end of that doesn't feel very definitive, does it?
2: Yeah. It was, they just kind of, Walked past him, looked at him, and just so like, okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, because
1: yeah. Um, uh, he didn't. Yeah, he 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 grabbed a hold of the rope to make sure that Billy Gunn couldn't kick out. And like, I'm all for Billy Gunn getting to play the hits and showing that he can still mm-hmm. go for a man his age.
2: I like the match. But, I like I match. like the match. Yeah,
1: but Swerve Strickland is in the prime of his career and mm-hmm. should be.
2: Certainly he should be able could be he should but be able to should beat him be, yep
1: should be positioned as one of the top 10 15 guys in the whole company if not better than that and should be able to beat billy Gunn without having to cheat
2: and on top of that as i said That's the story all. they told was he was targeting his leg so yeah. let the leg play into the finish just have yeah. him as the heel target that leg into the finish you don't need to cheat now if he cheated using the leg for leverage i think that's a little different because then that's good heel psychology but him grabbing the rope just to ease his body down for the pin i don't know something felt a little clunky with that for me personally
1: yeah um uh matthew plus uh says that uh uh, this proxy SRS is enjoyable. More John, please. Well that's nice. You got a vote from the biggest troll in, in the sour Grap society, so that's, that's good. That's unbelievable. That's that's good.
2: Wow. Um we're tarping um, Sharn- Sean off tonight. This
1: is... <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um we got uh we got um Jam Beard saying that Spears could also say that fatherhood has changed him. Mm, okay. You could you could put that in there as well. I mean well, he hasn't had the baby he, yet, but yeah. I mean, the idea of Perspe- fatherhood.
2: being a prospective father has changed me.
1: <laughs> I father, I I have a feeling that fatherhood will change me, and therefore I'm getting ahead of it. I'm getting ahead of it.
2: I realized um, that I am indeed Canadian, and I must be nice. Therefore, my, therefore, <laughs> I am a baby therefore, face. Therefore,
1: um, uh, we um we got Mark Sterling coming out. This is again. This is uh, the. Uh, the claim come out, kind of brush past uh, Swerve without doing anything, and then Mark Sterling comes out. Now, was it ever really resolved the whole, we're going to get a petition to kick Swerve out of here? So, like, there's a whole thing where, like, Mark Sterling just – Mark Sterling has a problem with certain types of people. I saw, I'm, I, it certainly looks that way. I'm not casting dispersions on the man himself. I'm saying he's written to have problems with certain – Types of people. That's all I'm saying. And you about he says th- that we got a, uh, uh, we got a trademark for scissoring somehow. Um, uh, and, uh, and so you're not allowed to say scissoring or do scissoring or anything. And if you do, we'll sue you. And, um, so, uh, <laughs> he, they, they, he and Tony niece scissor me, daddy niece, and they scissor. Um, and, um, so that, so I guess, um, Perhaps we're gonna have uh, Jam Beard says titles versus trademark match at full gear. Now, uh, I mean, this is fine. I yeah. just think there's so, there's there 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 are a lot of tag teams. Yeah, that 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 I think should yes. get a pay per view title match before. Agreed. Josh Woods and Tony Neese. personally, right here, right now. That's what I will say. We'll see where it goes because I because mm-hmm. honestly. Three months before, um, uh, I know it's only about a month and a half out now from full gear, but three months before, two months before, all out, I would have said, there's got to be other tag teams that get a title match before the Acclaimed, right? Right. And the Acclaimed proved me wrong leading up into that match and beyond as well. I just don't see that particular thing happening for, for Josh Woods and Tony Nese. Um Jordan Cooper says, Alba needs to get Smart Mark Sterling to patent the wave. So we can ban its use everywhere. Hashtag ban the wave.
2: Smart Mark Sterling and I have a checkered past across independent uh, wrestling. So I'd, I don't know if he'd be doing me any favors.
1: Yeah. 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 It's good. Hmm.
2: Uh, Taz, uh, JP says Taz
1: had the line of the night when he says, that's what you look like from moving so much office furniture.
2: You know, We, 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 uh, we right. can put it over. It's nice. Right, you know? it's, right, right.
1: And Tom O'Valley, uh, going back to the match, says that uh, Swerve has a fantastic and unique style. And yeah. I was worried Daddy Ass couldn't keep up. But it was a great match.
2: I really thought it was, it was a very good such, match, Alex. It was.
1: Swerve has been such a great signing. He really has. Uh, yeah. And I, I do think that 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 it is... It, it, hmm. How do I say this? Um there was a, there's been a bunch of signings le- uh, on the level of a swerve where he comes in and you can immediately say this guy's got it. This, this guy wasn't being used properly at a place. Now he's here. Now you need to use him properly. Now he was the tag team champions for a little bit. Um, and now we'll see where they book him coming out of this. I'm sure we're, it seems ridiculous to think we're not going to get a Keith Lee versus swerve feud for a bit and if Swerve were to come out on top of that were to win that feud versus Keith Lee you got to think he's got to be a, in line for a for a major title match or a title run with a TNT title TNT championship just, for sure i just don't want to see him in a year um in it like tweeting out hashtag
2: free swerve or something
1: (laughs) i don't i don't want to see that because i because i really believe this guy has you don't want to see
2: you don't want to see what happened to ethan page happen and i don't mean any disrespect to ethan page at all by that because ethan page still finds ways to make himself relevant on tv but where ethan page came in and it was like oh wait this guy this guy might go win that tnt championship like right away and it right. didn't happen. I,
1: that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Right. Um, so yeah.
2: that—that's what I mean. And again, that's no disrespect to Ethan Page as a performer. It's more just how he was booked coming in. So yeah. Um. So uh, this is uh, this is where we
1: got our our MJF backstage little segment here. Where they were asking him about what was what was that? What was up with that whole weirdo you to think? Were you actually going to shake his hand? And he was trying to answer, it, but then uh, Stokely comes up cackling, being Stokely, uh, and MJF just tells him off, tells him, "Go get your Carlton Banks wardrobe mm. ass the hell up out of here before I fire you." Um, and uh, and Stokely, you know, has, has to leave. You know, he, he he At this point, I I will I will say I would I would venture a guess that uh, Stokely just wanted to get get away as far as as fast as he could honestly um but it, it just wasn't a possibility he wanted to disappear that's what i'm I'm gonna say he wanted to disappear but um sometimes it's not possible to disappear unless
0: of course you got the nord nord vpn.com slash fightful browse safely browse securely Change your virtual location with just one click on all your devices. Multiple tiers that allow you to get exactly what services you want. Four months free. A 30-day money-back guarantee. Get access to content that's geo-blocked in your area. Get access to pay-per-views at a much more affordable price thanks to that content that you unlock with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Block annoying pop-up ads. Block malware. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. How How are you going to pass this up? Really? How? I use it every day. Every day. It makes my browsing experience so much better. You should do it too. NordVPN.com slash Fightful.
1: I'm here with uh, wrestling writer, John yes.
2: Alba. Yes, wrestling writer. <laughs> I thought we tarped Sean off here.
1: I, know, I, I Listen, all all I all I can do is is just do what the man tells me. Mm, yeah. um, uh, you know so, I like
2: read ra- ads like professionally, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. I know. Okay, I, know. Make trip. I, know. Make trip. I know.
1: This is the thing: is it's contracted mm. in with the ad. With the, the only person who's allowed, apparently, on FIFO to read ads
2: mm. is Sean Ross Sapp. I don't. Big Big Brother's watching. Got it. <laughs> apparently. apparently. <laughs>
1: um So uh, so yeah. This this once he gets rid of. Um, once he gets rid
2: of uh, Stokely there, which is well, interesting. Can, this is all, I, the, yeah, go I ahead. want to ask you about that. No, I want to ask you about that. So, this feels very weird mm-hmm. with Stokely, doesn't it? Like, he just mm-hmm. helped him win this huge match at yep. the pay per view. Mm-hmm. It has been a month. And now Max is just like, stop being in my business. Yep. Now, there is merit in an overzealous manager, like, wanting to be too overzealous. But given their nature and their history together, it feels like this is, I don't want to say hot shotted but almost happening a little too quickly, doesn't it? Not that um, Max needs Stokely, because he certainly does not. No,
1: no. Um, here's, here's, here's my, and without like uh, delving too much into the meat of the entire promo, I will say that my answer to your thing is that it's a swerve. I would uh, venture to and- think that. And that he's going to make us think uh, up until full gear that maybe the firm has had a change of heart. Yep, mm-hmm. you yep. know that maybe MJF isn't all bad. And then he's gonna he's gonna have every single member of the firm come out and cheat on his behalf, and 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 they're all gonna cackle and laugh while they hoist him over their shoulders, carrying the bill. That's that that's that's my own personal thing. That's what I think they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, 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 but anyway. I think they're doing a fantastic job of doing what they're doing with MJF right here. Cause I loved this promo about basically being like, I, like, I, I don't, I don't even know if I was going to shake his hand or not. Cause I'm honestly, I don't even sure what I'm, what I'm doing here because, because just like the, he talks about the, the William Regal thing, which if you don't know that what he's addressing is the fact that he would send in like tapes and letters and stuff to William Regal and William Regal, like basically wrote him saying, don't send me anything else you're there's no way you're possibly going to become a a, a real star wrestler so you can stop now and that's at least what his his interpretation of it was regal doesn't to his doesn't actually say that he you know remembers any of this but so um his whole thing of like i had to harden myself i had to become this piece of shit that mjf is so that i could get through all the rejection Get through everything else because I am going to be the, the biggest star in this company, even if I have to do things that make me hate myself. You don't like me? That's fine because I don't like me either. When I walk through the with, with through them, that tunnel, I think this was really, really great. There's a lot of nuance here you don't see in a top heel, but I like the because there's a there's something very like there's a lot of people who can relate to. Sometimes I do things that I don't even know why i did that and i feel like crap afterwards but i can't admit it like there's some things there that are some really interesting dark soul searching things for mjf where we would just think on on the surface he just uh, he's just an asshole but if there's if he wants us to believe there's some dark machinations down there that he might be able to reverse some of those gears and come out a guy we might because listen he's getting all these baby face reactions Like, so if we can play into that a little bit going into the match, which I think is gonna be at full gear for the title, like maybe there's a chance for like during the match for us to like oh holy shit, am I rooting for MJF? Like, should I be? No, fuck it. I'm root, I'm rooting for MJF, and then he springs it on us, and then he we shows us the devil who he really is, the devil made you f- mm. forget that mm-hmm. he really exists. Yeah, That's going to be the thing that's going to keep coming back.
2: The impetus of caring about a great character is understanding their motivations. That's across any form of media, storytelling, movie, TV show, whatever it may be. When a character isn't even sure of their motivations, it clouds things and it adds a level of intrigue that it wouldn't work for everybody. But for a guy like Max, mm-hmm. who has a track record, it certainly adds intrigue to that. Yep. So I'm I'm with you on that, man. I I'm curious to see the line they walk with it because I know we'll get to it momentarily, but there was something else that happened with Max on the show that I really did not like at all. Mm-hmm. So um we uh we got
1: um some people here want to chime in Jam Beard saying, remember the devil makes you think he isn't evil. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, there's the, the devil doesn't show up in the Garden of Eden and he's like, hey everybody, I'm evil. You should do what I say because I'm 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 Satan. Uh, you, you gotta you gotta sweet talk him. Uh, gotta make him conf- conflicted at least a little bit. Uh, Rory Bisson says uh, I've said it before and I'll say it over and over. In that ring on this mic, there is no one better than MJF and we know it. I'll take him at twenty six over every other legend in the biz. I mean, it is kind of crazy that he's only twenty six and has such an amazing career ahead of him.
2: Generational talent's not a gimmick, man. That's no, that's certainly yeah. That is that
1: is that is reality. But I I didn't enjoy the the shades of gray that they're starting to draw here mm-hmm. with MJF. Even though I think I know where we're going with it, I I I'm I'm think I will be less certain of where we're going th- through it. Every week leading up to full gear, and that's good. That's a good thing. Um, here's another good thing for me at least. Um, this mox and hangman thing, especially the hangman side of it. Geez, like uh <laughs> Mox is one million percent winning this title, winning this match next next Tuesday. There's no way they have hangman win it in Cincinnati, none of that shit's happening, but hangman made me believe. Um that even though I know MJF is going to be the next champion, there's somebody's got to be the guy to beat MJF to take that belt back. So MJF can't take it with him to WWE. Cause I think that is going to be the full story of all of 2023 is going to be MJF. Can somebody take that belt back from him? Cause he's going to, he's going to leave and go to the, to the enemy with it. This promo makes me think, I think that guy might be hanging.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, honestly, that the, the there's there's a lot of parallels there like but this because mox comes out he he cuts his little promo and then um it's it's very good it's fine um and then hangman comes out and hangman is like i you said some really nice things about how much you respected me and in and out of the ring and as a champion all this kind of stuff and i'd be lying if i didn't say that that coming from you didn't mean the world to me because i respect the hell out of you too as a man as a father as a husband, as a wrestler, as a champion. Um, but I'm, but you also called me a kid. And that that didn't sit well with me. Because uh, uh, is that what you think? Like, yeah, I do. I think you're a kid. Um, and then we have this amazing promo from where he's talking about how uh, – I, I love that Mox says, you're not the same guy who knocked me off of that ladder a year ago that was a mate and that was why I think had Mox not gone away for his for his rehab the first feud for hangman coming out of beating Omega was going to be Moxley. I agree. I they were setting that up with that mm-hmm. match. But I love that they get to bring that back a year later and that's still fresh in Moxley's mind. And it should be fresh in, in hangman's mind as well. And we're gonna get this this feud here and he says I you're right I'm not that that guy who knocked you off the ladder. Um, because I, I you know, I got a little full of myself as the champion and I let it slip away because I wasn't willing to go to that place that I needed to go to to keep that belt. But I tell you, I'm willing to go to whatever place I need to do to get that belt back. And this is where he starts literally giving himself potato shots above the eye where he was like swole up by the time he got out of that ring. Um, I, I loved this promo. I loved him going to the deep, dark recesses of, Of how how he's anxious and frustrated and angry and depressed and the medication's not working but damn it i get up and i come to work every day because i'm a man i'm a man i'm not a kid i'm a man and i love the money when he walks past pushes past moxley moxley everything about moxley wanted to murder hangman page in that ring and hangman waited for it are you do you want to go now because he waited in the rings. He didn't get out of the ropes himself. He waited until Moxley turned around and looked at him before he got out of the rope, too. This was so, so good.
2: He wiped his blood on Moxley's shirt, too. Yep. But yep. so, again, motivation is critical in understanding a character's evolution. And that's exactly what <laughs> Hangman was doing with this promo. And there was even something that you didn't mention that he did, too, where he talked about how he was on his own then he had friends and then he had no friends again but Mm -hmm. now this time that he doesn't have friends he's a man now where he was a kid before he's a man now but here's one thing that i really disliked about this Mm -hmm. and it had nothing to do with hangman page it had nothing to do with john moxley it was mjf being there Mm -hmm. in the suite that he was watching Mm -hmm. this from mocking the promo a little Mm -hmm. bit and the crowd's attention is on max rather than this career defining promo for, for this major shift in character for hangman page, which it was a significant moment in his character's track that we, that whole audience should have been chaining cowboy shit after that. Mm -hmm. And they weren't. And it wasn't because of hangman page being bad is because Mm -hmm. they were so distracted with max being there. And I thought that really took away from this a lot had max, come through the uh, the stage the awning at the end of this as hangman's mm-hmm. walking up and he just walks sure. past him to remind him sure that's great that's effective mm-hmm. but max mocking what was a very serious moment in the character progression of hangman page and taking yeah. the audience's attention away from that can you imagine if because that was like the closest thing to a rick flair promo that we've seen Hangman oh, yeah. page have oh yeah can you imagine if Another character had been up in the stands while Ric Flair is beating himself up no. and bleeding. It, you wouldn't do it, right? So, I I had a real problem with that because it should have been a defining moment for Hangman Page's career. Quite frankly,
1: um, uh, yeah, and I, I, I agree, and I, I I don't think it was a unilateral decision by MJF to go out there. That was this was a part of this thing. They've we've seen him in that in that suite. Whenever Moxley and Hangman are doing stuff, we have him up there. They, they keep um, uh, teasing that he's going to cash in next next Tuesday um, to have part of it. Um, I think that that Mox, that, that Max's um, honest reactions in character to what was going on were fine. It's just the fact that that you don't need to. Sh- the director doesn't need to show it to us every time. And I also don't think he should have been there. I think you're right, having him um, walk, walk out through the thing and and have Hangman and, and MJF
2: come face to cross. Face. Yeah, exactly. And it just um, it drew the fans' attention away from what Hangman was saying.
1: Right. Yeah. It was. It was. It was not it was not necessarily. And um, you're right. There was the point where the the fan the, uh, the ch- they were chanting MJF, which again is what I'm talking about. How like he's getting baby face reactions here, and and. You know, like there's there's ways of playing that against expectations, where okay, hey, they're giving us baby face reactions here. What do we do with this? How do we play into it before playing against it? How, how all these kind of things? Um, um, Jam Beard says Hangman's promo came off like a 19 year old telling off his dad, saying he's adult now because he's a dad too. Great promo, doesn't work for me. I mean, that's completely false. I'm sorry. Like you can have whatever opinion you want. But that's not that's not what was happening at all. Um, um, you can say it didn't work for you, but that's not the 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 vibe that I got at all. Um, because because Hangman's right, he's not even even MJF's age. He's not even twenty six. He's thirty one years old. He's a damn man. He's a former champion. The fact that he gets no respect yeah. from Moxley is is a problem for Hangman Page. Like that's not like, hey hey dad. I'm, I'm as tall as you are now. Give me the car keys. It's <laughs> right. not exactly what this is, uh, to me, at least. Um, uh, and, and hey, bro, it's Brad, has a very interesting perspective. Says, as someone diagnosed manic depressive uh, myself, hangman's line, the medicine isn't working, hit me like a ton of bricks. He and Mox killed it. There's a something there that was really, really.
2: Well, yeah, because Hangman really, really great. Hangman has proven he's a vulnerable character, yeah. and that's just right. not something we see a lot of in pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, and hostile uh, pride ever has. You know, well, honestly, what we should have been talking about this whole time. Hanger has had the most beautiful pants lately. I mean, like really, his whole <laughs> wardrobe has just been fantastic, wonderful, just wonderful. Um, so, uh, and, 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 okay. So, um, here, here's here, here we go. They did decided to do, um, the, uh, the, the second hour out of order. Um, and they, they did the obvious main event at, at the top of the hour, which, which, which tipped the ending of the match they did do as the main event. They tipped that ending by doing this in the way they did it. Um, uh, so, so here I'm just going to describe what happened. This is a Jericho and Danielson match. Is the third one. If you've seen the first two, this is another one. And uh, then it, it, it ends because Jerick, there's a ref bump. Paul Turner, who's the head referee, who's the guy who's supposed to be laying down the law and telling all the other refs what to do gets himself in the worst possible position that a referee could be in and takes a terrible rough bump. Uh, And then Jericho obviously is going to cheat and hit uh, Danielson with the the belt. Uh, But down comes um, Garcia. Um, And as he came down and the way he came down, I was like, oh, no. Because it became kind of obvious to me that um, either he's going to make a mistake and cost Danielson Thereby causing a rift between him Always and his him. hero, yep. mm-hmm. which is which, like an accidental screw job that he actually mm-hmm. screws Danielson, or horror of horrors, he actually chooses Jericho, which is what happens. He takes the title away from Jericho, and then he himself uses it to hit uh, Danielson, and then um, and then Jericho uh, the Jericho wins, um, and uh, this just. This just wasn't it wasn't it for me. I mean, obviously, my own proclivities, R.E. Jericho, and all of that stuff are are well known uh, facts of, of um, uh, fightful lore at this point. But um, I I just thought that this was a really bad way to do. I I, I absolutely went into the night knowing Jericho was going to win, but having Garcia make the choice was just was a was a bad decision on on the on the part of the bookers. So
2: had it been an accidental screw job, I think there might have been more layering to Jericho being able to say, see what happens when you don't follow me. Right. You should follow my guidance. And then you have that internal battle with Daniel Garcia. Oh, well, he's got a point there. But also, here's my hero. And maybe I should try to work through it with him. I don't disagree with you. Um, I do want to underscore a much more macro point about AEW Dynamite main events and specifically lack of promotion for the main events where this was, in theory, the highly promoted match between this and the Orange Cassidy versus Pac match. And I believe your main event should have heavy promotion throughout a show. At the very beginning of the show, you shouldn't just see a match graphic. We should get some sort of a promo, whether it's an in-ring promo or even just a quick backstage or pre-taped package. Uh, establishing what our main event is for the night. That was a formula that did work in the late 90s and early 2000s for professional wrestling. And it kept people around till the final hours of your show. And for me, that has been the the weakest part of Dynamite since the beginning of the summer specifically, where some nights you don't know what the main event is until the show is unfolding. Or in this case, all we had was just, oh, hey, uh, Pack and Orange Cassidy are going to be facing off tonight in their blow off match. And great. But the emphasis was put on the Jericho and Brian Danielson match. So to me, that's where I, I, truthfully, I have more issue with that than even the finish of this match.
1: No, I mean, I, I agree. I, I I think that, that uh, there was somebody who was like, well, it's because it's the ROH. Title match, there's have to have a 60 minutes. So that's why they started at, at at uh at nine. So you think that there's a possibility that you think that they want us to believe there's a possibility they're gonna blow kick uh, would just like push the other two back to rampage or something, yeah. the other two matches mm-hmm. they had scheduled. That's I mean, if you say we got a 60-minute match, it could go 60, then you that I wouldn't want this, but then you say when well, we're doing it the first match of the night. Because there's something like, on AEW. There's something to be said for the first match of the night can sometimes be this thing, but and then you would have had the rest of the night after that to build up this whole OC and and a uh, Pac match, but they didn't do that either way. Um, I I think that the the major problem I had with that, besides all of my I don't like the whole Yas and Jericho and the, <laughs> his, his whole like we're gonna make ROH sports entertainment, like, what? besides all of my own personal animosity toward those kind of things, the fact of the matter is you have a um, a, 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 a relationship between these two wrestlers. They're in a faction together or whatever. And one of the two, um, we can say probably the mentee, of the two, the one who's going after is, has been having a rift building with the mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and the entire audience knows that coming down the pike is where the, is where the younger of the two turns on the leader and, 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 yes. and becomes a mm-hmm. baby face and we all root for them. Yes. And, uh, and, and then they have a feud mm-hmm. and eventually the baby face the one who turned on their mentor, wins that
2: feud. Not to mention, and you can finish your point here, but the crowd is starting to get behind Garcia a lot too. Yes,
1: absolutely they are. Like You're a wrestler. Everyone Mm -hmm. wants him Mm -hmm. to join up with Daniel Bryan, Bryan Mm -hmm. Danielson, excuse me, and join the BCC and everything like that. The problem I have with that is that you're not just letting that happen. The thing that everybody wants to happen, you're not letting it happen and also, you're doing the exact same thing with Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker right now. Like, it's the exact same thing. One of the things that I hated so much, this is a, a couple of years now, it was a, is a big epidemic. They would run the exact same storyline on Raw and on SmackDown. They would just plug in different people. It was the same exact storyline. It was the same beats. The character archetypes were the same. They would just run it at the same time and think we wouldn't notice. You're running the same storyline twice on the same show. Like, even, yeah. Everyone's been waiting for Jamie Hayter to turn on Britt Baker for months now. They they almost had it where she came out and she took the chair away, away from Britt, but she hit Tony Storm with it instead. And everyone was like, "Aw, but that wasn't what we wanted. And he did the same thing, literally, except for, except it wasn't a chair. It was the title belt. He took it away from Jericho and instead of hitting Jericho or preventing Jericho from hitting... Brian with it, he hit Brian with it. It's the same exact thing. And I just
2: Yeah, it it, it kind of reminds me of Cesaro a little bit back in like 2014, 2015, where it's like this crowd is really ready to get behind this guy, and you're getting that tease that he's gonna be a baby face, and they waited just a little bit too long. Yep, and he didn't have the momentum that you wanted behind him. Yeah. And they almost ran that risk with Wardlow earlier this year, too. They did. They really but did. Thankfully they were able to harness it and they were able to capitalize on it so i'm not saying the ship has sailed on this by any stretch of the imagination and maybe this comes to daniel garcia saying well, i don't need to be bcc and i also don't need to be jericho because yeah. i don't know if you noticed this but when jericho hugged him he was a little hesitant to hug him back right he gave him like a one arm like tapped his back with his fist mm-hmm. and it was somewhat of an underscored. uh Okay, I guess I did this kind of thing. I'm hoping yeah. that was on purpose and that wasn't just Daniel Garcia being, being Daniel Garcia. Right. But uh, I'm I'm willing to give them a couple more weeks here to flesh this out a little more. But uh, the match at Full Gear should absolutely be Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia. So hopefully it, we it get re-
1: to that it, point. it absolutely should. And I, I mean, I, I I guess I have to give them the five weeks or whatever it is to get to that point, and we'll see where it comes. And Simmons211 uh, says, this is honestly bad booking IDC. I don't care. It's the Jamie situation again. Yeah, that's my that's my point. Uh, there, there's a chance when you do give them the moment, it won't be the same. As you said, um, uh, that, that really they should have done the Garcia thing. I mean, even before this, it was looking like there was the time where he was white hot and they had that really great opportunity to do it. Uh, Andrew Tessier saying with Tony with the side comments on, on Jericho during the match was killing me. Uh, Tony, uh, Tony Schiavone being the only guy who realizes along with me Jericho's uh, annoyance. Uh, Hall of Fame Jericho hater <laughs> says sent in a je- I wonder what his points are. Um, Danielson <laughs> and Jericho ending ruin my night. Really wanted to see Danielson hold his belt again. Danielson dropping to Yuta or Garcia down the road would have pr- produced a great match and moment.
2: But that's not the story that's being no, told. The story being told not. is between Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia right. and Brian Danielson for better or for worse is being utilized as a point in the story, right? Rather than which the is focus which of is
1: why story. I was not under the impression that there was a chance Danielson was going to win. Agreed. Sure, I was certainly rooting for him, but that's not what that's not what the story they're telling here is. I thought they were about to to get to the point where the story turns and they're not willing to do that yet. They're just going to tell this chapter over and over again for a while. Um, and then uh, Jambier says, Brian versus Garcia three for the pure title, maybe.
2: Could happen. I mean, it could
1: happen. It could. Um, I, I, I I think the only way to, to, to do this is to, have, um, is to have Garcia versus Jericho for the ROH title at, at full gear and to put Garcia over. And I think that anything else other than that is not not the way the storyline should go there's a sit-down interview with yuda brian and renee next week so yeah i
2: I do want to say this real quick there is a path with the story too where if if garcia were to lose the pure title to danielson Mm -hmm. where then jericho can say and and well well, danielson has it over him see you shouldn't Mm -hmm. have turned on me number one and jericho can say well you're not the champion anymore brother you uh yeah back of the line here yeah so there there is an opportunity for something like that but is brian danielson holding the pure championship the best way going forward for him i don't know yeah yeah um we got our our
1: backstage uh thing uh with nyla rose uh uh, as the tbs title uh holder um she apparently will be defending the title that she did not win now here is my question. Here's Holy my
2: question. moly!
1: Jade Cargill, we've always been saying is uh, a crossover superstar. Sure, to happen. no doubt. I don't know anything about this. Certainly, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the scoopster. But it does feel to me like she could be having meetings with people. Sure, about doing movies or TV or whatever that might. Preclude her from being the on-screen TBS champion for a while, so you run this angle where Nyla is for like three weeks, and then when when Jade comes back from shooting whatever bit part she has in a in a Marvel superhero series or whatever, she kills Nyla. She kills Nyla. Yeah. She kills Nyla. Mm-hmm. That to me that that's because when I thought when I saw Nyla run off with a belt, I was like, oh, we'll resolve this next week, but they're not. They're pushing this <laughs> on because I, I, I Anna J A S. Uh, comes out to to say, "Hey Nyla, I want I want I want to have the match with you for the title." Um The one thing about this that I, I, I agree I don't love Renee getting stepped on by everybody in this, mm-hmm. this thing, but I do love that at least somebody is the voice of reason. You got to have one person in yeah. wrestling who's uh, who's who's willing to call everybody out on their bullshit. Nyla, you're clearly not the not TBS the champion. champion. And Ni-
2: Nyla for the I didn't love this segment, but Nyla was great in the segment.
1: Nyla was, Nyla was great. Nyla was great. <laughs> Nyla was great. She's great. She's yeah. yeah. Yeah, she Um,
2: is. But uh, I just don't love the whole... Because, like, Tony Khan has proven in storyline here that he is the GM who is super strict over titles and interim titles. And if Jay's gone, why don't we have an interim TBS champion? You know, like, all that stuff. So it is strange where in this situation, he's not hands-on, but in every other title situation, he's very hands-on. That's true. I'm just thinking in canon here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tom Valley says, I would say Nyla Rose is a national treasure, but I think that discounts all the other nations where she's a treasure. She's she's a <laughs> yeah. global treasure. She's a, just a an international treasure. treasure. No doubt about it. Uh, yeah. Tom LaValle is saying that she is the best. Yeah, she, she's great. Uh, I, I, I love Nyla Rose, and I think that there's, there's, a, there's a wonderful opportunity, whenever they finally extricate her from Vicky Guerrero, that she can be a fantastic, like, um funny baby cleaner, face. baby face type yeah. thing where they can do that because she's, she's so fantastic on social media she's yeah. obviously very funny there's some really cool stuff you can do with a uh like a david and goliath tag team a strange
2: bedfellows tag team 100%. Yeah,
1: yeah a lot of fun stuff you could do that mm-hmm. um so um well, was luis polito giving me some <laughs> some new information in our little thing, that I did not realize. So Sheeta and Storm uh, defeated Jamie Hader and Britt Baker. Um, uh, I, listen, if Jimmy Hader and Britt Baker are still going to be a team, which I don't get, I do think it is nice that they have matching gear because they look fantastic as like this Wonder Woman tag team. I think mm-hmm. that's that's great, uh, good for them. Um, uh, but Sheeta gets the victory. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was, I joked on my little, um, uh, because I always, uh, live stream the last half hour of dynamite, um, where I thought it was going to be the the main event of, of Jericho and Brian, uh, Danielson, but instead it was this match and the following one. And I said, Oh, I guess by virtue of Sheeta pinning Britt Baker or whatever, that means she's going to get a title match versus Tony storm. Ha 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 ha. Well, guess what? (laughs) That's how you earn things. Uh, my, tag I, team par- my tag team partner got a pinfall in our tag match. I'm the champion. Therefore, she gets a title match. All right.
2: I did like the finish of this quite a bit.
1: I thought it was too.
2: I thought the finish was unique. It was different and it genuinely got the crowd. Uh, this match started a little, something was a little off at the start for me, but they they really got the crowd by the end of them. Yep. I, I, I always enjoy seeing Akaro on my TV. I think she's a great talent for them to have so i'm never going to complain about that uh, yeah uh, you're you're not wrong it 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 really does strike me a little bit the wrong way when it's like okay 920 struts, uh, struts its ass around now we're going to get all the women on the show real quick here and that's how you get to a title match yep. something feels a little weird about that but with that said i did enjoy this match I'm ready to see more progression with Hayter and Baker. Mm -hmm. And uh, if Sheeta's going to get a title match with Tony storm, it should be a pretty good match at the very least. So I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Sheeta versus storm should be a great match. Uh, It just doesn't, it just is like, Hey, do you want a title match? I mean, you just, you just pin somebody else. So how about that? And it doesn't like they were never really adhering to any of the rankings or whatever but at this point just just say you decided never to use them again because i don't know who number 1 is but if if isaco shido number 1 by virtue of pinning Britt baker in a tag match i don't know but it's just kind of uh, yeah
2: i mean at the very least you could call it a championship contender's match mm-hmm. um because Let's see, I'm pulling up the, the latest AW rankings, which were August 31st. Those so, were the so they have kind of small. gotten rid of those. Yeah, the, the <laughs> latest <laughs> ones.
1: <laughs> six weeks ago, perfect.
2: Yeah, the latest ones as of six weeks ago were Tony Storm as the number one contender, followed by mm-hmm. Britt Baker, Athena, Sheeder, Sheeta, and uh, Jamie Hader. I just said that perfect. like an old Jewish woman from Brooklyn, Sheeter. Sheeter. Got her Sheeter.
1: I love the Sheeter. I think one. Sheeter <laughs> um, so, drinking soda. Uh, that's right. We got a, a Butcher, Bunny, and Blade promo. Uh, they, they that's will, cool. Uh, they Butcher and Blade versus Mox and Claudio. I, I'm happy to get a Butcher and Blade promo. I love those sure. guys. Those, those guys are a lot of fun. Uh, a, a typical rampage match. Get the t- get the champ on TV. Claudio get some shine. it will be fun.
2: You know, there you go. I love Butcher and Blade. I think they're a great underutilized tag team in AW. Um,
1: so, uh, here's our, here's our main event. Um, this has been built up now over the past, I want to say two to three weeks of the whole, um, um, you know, uh, Pac getting ahead of the ding, ding, ding with the, with the hammer deal. Um, and, uh, I, I do appreciate Bryce Remsburg finally now. Third times the charm, being like, "Hey, wait a minute! I should probably keep an eye out for that hammer." <laughs> like, and when Pac goes for the hammer, um, uh, he's like, "No, no, no! We're not doing that." Um, and but of course, Pac had a different one preset under the ring. Um, I, I want I want to call attention to one thing. Like, I've I've been a, I've been a Pac fan since he okay. was Neville. Um, uh, I, I, I think this guy's so great. There's, there's no way you can have so much explosiveness, so much power in a frame that small, like it doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And on top of how amazing he is in the ring at everything else that dude sells. Like nobody else in this world. Oh, his he, cell he, he of he a got... DDT looks like he is he has every vertebrae in his body has been crushed. The way he sells on a punch. Well, he had he to just, legit like, just... sell tonight because of
2: his his <sighs> just, his, just... his ear.
1: Oh my god. His yeah. ear
2: tonight he, was busted.
1: Busted open. Um there was a there was a moment where he they did the very funny uh, I'm going to do your spot with, with the hands in the pockets and the kicks oh, and stuff. Orange Cassidy was
2: amazing.
1: Orange Cassidy jumps up, kicks up, kicks up and hits the drop kick and he got it up under the chin and the way he did it and the way um, uh, Pac sold it, I was like, I hope he didn't like bite a chunk of his tongue off because yeah. that looked really vicious. Uh. Pac is so great at making anyone he's in the ring look like that person has just murdered Pac seven different times in the match, um, and uh, this is great. It's it, he he wins with several um, orange punches in a row. Um, uh, the last one, he just folds up like Pac was was dead a full second and a half before he hit the ground. I mean, everything <clears throat> about the about that cell was amazing, and we finally get an OC title run.
2: Well, you forgot a major plot point of this match. A Danhausen curse finally worked. Right.
1: Yes, finally.
2: Danhausen successfully cursed Pack. And the story was told where the curse was finally seen to fruition. Pack ultimately loses his match. And as you said, finally, Orange Cassidy wins a championship match. There's one thing I really want to put over about this match and Orange Cassidy matches in general. There are no other matches in wrestling that do near falls the way that an orange Cassidy match does the way that he's able to elicit emotion from crowds with his Mm -hmm. near falls adds so much to the overarching story of each match i I was at the double or nothing match the triple threat match between heat pack and kenny omega and you knew the whole match was going to be built around the near falls from orange Cassidy and each one was like the crowd ready to just unison stand out Mm -hmm. of their chairs. I I really, really, really like this match a lot. Again, wish it was promoted a little heavier. Wish we got a promo earlier in the night with Pac being like, why the hell am I facing this guy again? Mm -hmm. Give us a little bit of something to look forward to in the main event other than what we've seen the weeks prior, but that's nitpicking. The match itself was great and it was a good moment.
1: It was. It was a very good moment. Um, uh, Orange Cassidy, is, is like I, I fully enjoy the things that he is going for in his match. Like sixty percent of the time, um, uh, it's it's not always. Um, I'm never. I'm not always in a position like you know in a position mentally where I can be like, you know what, fine, let's just have a good time. Sometimes <laughs> I just not there. And and the finish of Jericho and Danielson kind of got me in a position where I was like. I I don't really. That's well, honestly I'm happy for Orange Cassie. Just put the belt on him anyway. And by the time Danhausen came out, I was like, oh, I can feel joy again. This is joy I'm feeling. And then the rest of the match was just, um, <laughs> just Box selling dirty DDTs uh, for the rest of the evening. Um, so that's great. They they you had to have this go on last if you were going to do what they did, which is shoot orange confetti out of mm-hmm. cannons. You couldn't really do much of anything after that, so that kind of had to be the the, the, well, the final match. Of the the night.
2: acclaimed got the the confetti shower in the middle of I guess that's uh, true. the uh, that is true. show in New York, and I yeah. saw they take the leaf blowers and they just go vroom 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 and just get all that shit out of the way. But yeah. uh, again, I do believe there is also merit in leaving the fans going home happy, which they did, and they didn't shoot rampage after dynamite tonight. So this was the end of the show for them. That's right. So. That's right. You leave the crowd going home happy. That builds goodwill. Uh, Again, it just for me, promotion of your main event that leads to increased viewership in that second hour. Mm -hmm. It it really is just helping everyone understand the story. And I'm not a big proponent of the whole casual audience, the casual fan thing. Mm -hmm. But if you were just seeing, oh, Pac and Orange Cassie were having a title match on the surface in the main event, for a championship mm-hmm. that hasn't been featured too much on your program. I want to see a little more backstory in that earlier in the show to say, okay, right. this is worth sticking around for other than me knowing it's going to be a good match.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, I, I, I just want to put over the, the athleticism of both of these guys. In no this doubt. Match, Cause there's, there's just, so, and their chemistry is so abso- outstanding. The, the chemistry. Oh, I, I like that you mentioned chemistry because mm-hmm. it's because that, the kind of athleticism that, um, That is required for a match such as this, that athleticism can only be helped via chemistry, like the chemistry you get in ag one
0: We talk a lot about performance here at Fightful, and you know if you want that performance, you want Athletic Greens 1 athleticgreens.com slash fightful so excited to work with athletic greens you can get a free one year supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash fightful and you might be asking what is athletic greens well one scoop of ag1 contains 75 vitamins minerals whole food source ingredients including a multivitamin multi-mineral probiotic green superfood blend and more in one convenient daily serving. I took multivitamin tablets before this. Uh, Our strength and conditioning coach said you should probably move on to something more digestible. Recommended AG1. I loved it. I love how it made me feel. Loved the energy that it gave me. And it got me a whole lot more vitamins than I was taking in general because it absorbs a lot better. Athletic Greens 1. It effectively replaces all those products, pills, with one healthy drink AthleticGreens.com slash fightful and check them out on Twitter at athletic greens. Let them know you heard about them from us. <clears throat> um,
1: Reach Southwood saying, I think we all uh, agree on uh, finally Orange Cassidy picks up a win and finally Orange Cassidy gets a belt. So happily, they finally put gold on him. He's been a workhorse and earned it. I think something we, that, that it is interesting to think about is that it was never the, 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 the plan to have Death Triangle be the trios titles holders right now, that was always supposed to be um, the the elite. Mm-hmm. But now it's just Pac can lose this belt, and then he can go back to to being part of Death Triangle, and they can actually defend those titles, and he doesn't have to worry about double double timing it. I think that's good. Um, Jam Beard says uh, uh, when it happens, uh, maybe have Swerve or uh, all e all ego. Uh, for uh, the next AA champ, um,
2: I think Swerve's above it.
1: I, me too. Um, um, the, the, the one, the guy who I thought this was kind of made for um, uh, was uh, was uh, Miro, mm-hmm. but uh, he might be above it as well. But you, you got to put gold on the guy, and this might be the easiest way to get that done. I'm sure, like a, a nice long feud between him and Orange Cassidy would be very uh, fun. For the fans, um, and uh, if Miro had it, you could just do a thing where like he would just like just murder people because you mm-hmm. know he he can't lose that title. Um, uh, and then Luis says, "How about Ishii versus Orange Cassidy just for the lulz?" So you could, do could that. be could be fun. Um, Jambeer is saying that there was a sign in the crowd that said, "Man in the mask, you lovely glazed timbit." <laughs> um, so that's good. Anytime we can get more of those, that that's fun is saying, it annoys me that Brian never, ever wins the big one. And I, I, I think, to me, it, it is becoming increasingly clear that that's not what Danielson is, in, is, is here for. Um, He's he's here not to win the big one or be a champion or promote his brand. He's here to have badass wrestling yeah. matches and eventually tell a story that helps out the company as a whole and as many people as possible.
2: And I think he will have a world title run at some I do, point. I do it's, too. But I think you're right. I think he recognizes his roles to go out there, be a workhorse, have great matches that make him happy. More than anything else, I'm sure he's thrilled to go out there and have some of these matches. So that will fulfill him, and then you move forward, and eventually he will win a world title. But it's not something that needs immediacy. ShotKid29 uh,
1: saying that um, for the Acclaimed, that uh, Nice and Woods are just a placeholder feud. Yes, I'm, I'm, I think you're right. Um, and that, that it'll be Swerve in Our Glory versus the Acclaimed 3 at full gear. And then the acclaimed will get a definitive win, and that's when Swerve and Klee, Keith Lee split. Could happen, but I didn't get that indication tonight. So no, I guess no, we'll no, see. no, not at all. Uh, but we'll we'll see uh, if if something happens uh, when when Keith is around as well. Um, uh, all Elite Lake show saying that fun show overall. This crowd was effing crazy. They really the, the crowd really added a lot uh, to it. They were definitely uh, effing crazy brent lockman was there tonight said just got home still processing how much fun this was floored at how much they fit into three hours also tony Khan, since we know you watch this
2: <laughs> sign jody threat she's so up, tonight up, versus dude. athena I love Jody Thread. I've worked with Jody Thread a whole bunch on the indies, and I highly endorse her. She's a fantastic talent. Her legit backstory is wild, and I hope that somebody gets to tell that long form on TV someday.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jambeard saying that all-ego Ethan Page did say he wanted the All-Atlantic title during the group promo where the firm explained their plans for the future. Best friends versus the firm could work.
2: Certainly could. Uh, I don't think we've been... Seeing any teases of that quite yet, but could happen. No, nope.
1: Um, uh, Techno Gatsby says Someone get Wrestling Adam Driver a full time job in journalism, please. Any stream with John Alba is automatically more interesting and insightful.
2: I appreciate that. I have heard the Adam Driver doppelganger once before, so that's now twice. Appreciate that.
1: Uh, Jadam B Farm. Says, uh, off topic, Alex. Your recent comments on Chatting Tatum reminded me of the gym he's in. Comrade Detective, up your alley, enjoy. Well, thank you. I could always take a, take a recommendation for a new film. I've never heard of Comrade Detective. Um, uh, so, uh, over on the Tuesday show, John Alba, I don't know if you're yes. aware of this, uh, but it's more of a variety show, uh, in an impression hour than anything yes. else. Uh, a new character, uh, emerged last night. Uh, uh, of an old man that people have dubbed Paw Paw Pulowski, who only remembers <laughs> the good old days uh, of, of of NXT
2: mm. uh, back uh, back know. when uh, Ernie Ladd was on NXT.
1: No, 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 no. Uh, that's that's the funny part. He's an old man who can only remember back to like the days of the Revival versus American Alpha. <laughs> okay. You know those old old times yeah. where, where people. Really... So yes. so we have a jukebox thing over there where people send in money and requests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Luis Polito, on behalf of Ace Shock in the chat, wants uh, Paul Popolowski singing um, the uh, uh, new All-Atlantic Champions theme, Jane by Jefferson Starship. And this will be the last thing we do for the evening, and then we'll, we'll bid you a fondue. If you have no interest in watching this, I'd, I can't say as I blame you. But it is something people have asked, money, so asked for, paid money for. So I, this is something, mm. apparently, that we have to do.
2: Okay. Okay. Um. I'm very excited for that. Um, I do want to say, just in case I don't get a chance to say anything after you sing this song here, um, I'm extremely appreciative of getting to come on here tonight and chat with you. I'm hoping to do some more work with Fightful in the near future, Mm -hmm. so uh, I really enjoy doing this. I love my friend Kate who gets a chance to sit with you every week here and big shout out to her. Who She's a great person and a great friend. I want to give her that love. And you guys have a ton of fun every week. I enjoy what you do, and I hope to see you guys more down the line here on Fightful.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, A pleasure uh, wholeheartedly. And uh, we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. No doubt. Um, uh, All right, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Jane, you, you, you say it's, it's all over for you and me, girl. There's a, there's a time for love, and there's, there's a time for letting, letting me be, baby. Jane, you're playing a game. It's called Hard to Get by its real name. Making believe that you just don't feel the same. Oh, Jane. Jane, you're playing a game. You can never win. Girl, you're staying away, so I'll ask where you've been, baby. Like a cat and a mouse, cat, cat and a mouse, from a door to door, house to house. Don't you pretend you don't know what I'm talking about? What you, what, huh? a take over Toronto. There was a, there was a match between. <laughs> Ty Dillinger used to do the 10. ten, ten. Whatever happened to him? What? All right, that's the end of that. So, um finally. <laughs> jambeard wants wilford brimley ranting about jericho winning <laughs> so depressed i got diabetes there you go that's that's as much as i'm gonna give you there for that one but thank you everybody um uh yes if you enjoyed that believe me i i can't see why but if you did uh come over on tuesdays when me and kate uh review uh, nxt for 70% of the show and the rest of it is just hijinks. So um, thank you all for joining us. Uh, uh, John Alba, where can they follow you on all the socials media? Uh,
2: at John Alba, J-O-N-A-L-B-A, not not at Wrestling Writer. Um, but uh, you can find me on Twitter at John Alba, on Instagram at John underscore Alba on Facebook. I have a professional page as well, John Alba. And uh, you can check me out every single Friday on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, uh, which is one Good of show. my main podcasts I also I appreciate that. Uh, this week we're celebrating his 30 years in wrestling, and we have awesome. cameos from The Undertaker, your boy Chris Jericho, Mick wow. Foley, Kurt Angle, and many, many other wrestling legends. So go Very check cool. that out this Friday.
1: Very cool. You can follow me uh, on the Twitter at Alex Sour Graps uh, over on uh, my own private – not private personal youtube uh channel which is alex Sauergraps as well uh streaming uh live watch alongs of stuff for wwe and AEW, and also uh we do gaming streams over there the the big one that's coming up starting a week from tomorrow uh gotham knights comes out and we'll be streaming all of that all, all the time should be a lot of fun but uh thank you all for being here really uh really uh uh, warms the, the cockles of my heart uh, to see all of you here. Even when Sean is out gallivanting all over Toronto, that uh, you guys come back and, and uh, support Fightful. It means a lot. Thank you so much for being here, and we will see you next time.